0: I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freeman, and we have a really exciting episode and exciting guest today. Uh, My guest, David Fisher, is someone that you really want to pay attention to. If you want to improve your sales, I mean, this guy... Can definitely help you. He's an author of twelve books on selling, with a couple of bestsellers uh, wrapped in there, and I, I believe a couple. Uh, his two bestsellers: one is Hyper Connected Selling, mm-hmm. and then Networking in the 21st Century: Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. So, you know, he's got some experience here. He is a Sales Hall of Fame inductee and LinkedIn influencer and collab- collaborator. You know, building on 20 years of sales experience as an entrepreneur and sales professional, David combines nuanced strategy and real-world uh, real tactics to help professionals become more effective, efficient, and happy. I mean, who doesn't want that? So I'm, I'm personally really looking forward to this discussion. So David, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. After listening to that, I better, I better bring the goods, right? I know, I
0: know. I just <laughs> set the stage for you. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, more about yourself and your background in sales and where you came from and where you're at now?
1: Yeah. So my background in sales, uh, like many people I know, yourself included, I got started slinging blades uh, for Cutco Cutlery. That's how oh, I yeah. made my way through school. So direct sales, in-home sales. We weren't door-to-door. We only worked by appointments, but uh, really learned kind of, uh, I always call it the street ball of sales, right? No blood, no foul. And just learned how to sit down across the table from Mr. And Mrs. Jones and, you know, really learned kind of the ins and outs, the intricacies of interpersonal communication. Right. And, and I think that it's often possible to lose sight of that, especially when you think about B2B sales and tech sales, we forget that in the end, we're always selling to people, but that's where I got my start and, and ran the, I was one of their top salespeople ran their Chicago office for years, training and coaching new salespeople. And then, uh, Built a consulting firm, Rockstar Consulting. We've been around for about 16 years and uh, do, do a little bit of everything. We started as a, a business and sales coach and still do that, but have really kind of developed an expertise around uh, modern selling, you know, using digital tools like LinkedIn uh, and networking and kind of bringing the, the online and offline together to help salespeople uh, find more success.
0: I have to imagine when you think back over the 16 years, how amazing um, it is with just the change of maybe what you're coaching and consulting on early in those 16 years to what you're doing now.
1: Oh, my goodness. I I I am uh, speaking about LinkedIn. So I ran my first training on LinkedIn in 2008. So OG, right? <laughs> Old school. Back then, we literally had to tell people, no, no it's linkedin.com, not uh, linked.in right <laughs> or linked. <laughs> And, and now, you know, social media and all these tools have just baked themselves into our lives. Right. So, you know, email was still kind of fresh and new. Like the idea of having a website was, uh, kind of not, not cutting edge, but close to it. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, there's sites, for example, that will help you create a site for your new company in 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah it's such an evolution.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So, you know, so you, you've written a, a number of books. I think it was 12 books. Uh, um, yeah. How did you fall into being an author?
1: <laughs> That's kind of it. I just fell into doing it. I, I, I had been doing a lot of you know article writing. Blogs were uh, an early kind of marketing resource that I had, and uh, you know I, I kind of made a, a choice. I mean, this is almost a decade ago now. I was like, well, I want to be more of a speaker. I want to you know do keynotes, and when I I just looked around and everybody was author of, so I was like, okay, so I got to write a book, and I. Kind of just muscled my way through it. I would not, I learned a lot, as as they would say. But the biggest thing is, I remember just sitting down. I was like, I can write for 30 minutes every day. And that's what I did. And that was, you know, we wrote the first book, Networking in the 21st Century on why your network sucks and what you can do about it. And then I just kind of kept going. I wrote wrote books on LinkedIn and, and selling, you know, internal networking, networking for salespeople, a lot of nice permutations on that. But, uh, yeah. And it just kind of kept going. And now I've got uh, one of the, you know, I've got a bookshelf. That's just the books I wrote. And my goal is to, sh- to fill that shelf up. Oh, I love it.
0: I love it. Yeah. Well, you, you know, it's funny. Cause I, I just, I was working on a single episode around the topic of uh, topic of consistency And to your point around, yeah, I mean, it's, and I've heard lots of authors talk about, you know, the challenge and sort of the daunting nature of writing a book, but, you know, it's like anything in life, right? Break it down into small increments a little bit every day. And next thing you know, you, you know, I had one manager who used to always say, shavings make a pile. And
1: it's true, right? A little bit every day, you know, it adds up. You write 250 words a day? you'll eventually have a book, right? And and in fact, I I remember thinking to myself early on, I'm like, I can write a 500 word blog article. Well, if I do that, whatever, 100 times, or I forget what the math is. But if I do that, I'll get a 50,000 word manuscript, like just keep literally doing that every day. Uh, And it's not sexy. You know, there's a lot, there's a great quote from, um, I believe, Austin Kleon, who said, people want to be the noun, but they don't want to do the verb. Right. Right. And so when people come to me and they're like, oh, I want to write a book, give me some tips. I'm like, I don't know, just start writing yeah. <laughs> and just start. do that some more. Yeah. Just, and then just keep doing it. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm sure, you know, my, my sales team, they're probably tired of me. I, you know, over the years, you know, when I talk about pipeline building, you know, that's like the last thing people want to do is pick the phone. You know, they want to get, in, get out and have meetings. But to have the meetings, you got to go make the calls. You have to right. send emails. You have to do some social media work. And uh, I know I fell into this trap when I was a rep. It's like, oh, you know, you would sit there and overanalyze before I ever picked up the phone. But, you know, if you just do a little bit every day, you know, it starts to add up. And then what I've also found is that consistency, you start to refine your approach and you get better at it versus just trying to chunk it out, you know, at one time, wait a week and then come back and do it again.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, I think one of the big struggles that a lot of salespeople have is that they don't do... A lot of the core activities consistently, whether that's prospecting, making phone calls, even just if you think about sales calls. Depending on your your sales model, you might only have two or three of those a week. Sometimes, if you're you're you have a longer sales cycle, so you never get momentum, right? You mm-hmm. don't get that. Hey, here's what I did this morning, and it, that worked well. And here's what didn't. And now I've got an appointment that afternoon, right? That's kind of what you need. I mean, we we kind of referenced our um, past in Cutco. You know, there was days I did eight appointments in a day. You learned really quick, <laughs> like uh, what was working and what didn't. You had a really great feedback loop. So
0: uh, I love it. You. Well, so you, um, so you think about selling all the time and uh, you know, you're writing about it, you're consulting, you're coaching. Uh, what do you, uh, what do you see top reps do right now that really sets them apart from the rest of the pack?
1: So it's really interesting because when we're recording this, the LinkedIn state of sales report for 2022 just came out. This oh. is something they do every year. Uh, it's a great report. I would really suggest your listeners go go take a look. You can just search LinkedIn state of sales. It'll come up. A uh, ton of really great research. And it's not a LinkedIn survey; They have an external uh, research company that does this. And one of the things, um, one of the trends that they found, and there's a, numbers to back this up and I always forget, is that top sales reps actually spend less time selling. Hmm. than the average sales rep. But what they're spending more time doing is the research, the, the kind of business analysis, the case-making, the narrative development, so that when they are selling, when they are getting on the phone and prospecting, when they are in those sales meetings, they have a much more compelling case and they're getting a lot more success. And I think that's what we've really seen. You know, We talked about the evolution of business over the last couple of decades Salespeople, if all you are is transactional, let's, let's face it, we can probably get a website uh, and some AI to do that. The top salespeople are the ones who are really diving in. They're, they've got some business acumen. They've, they're really understanding what their prospects and their, their customers need and then conveying that, right. um, which isn't necessarily simple. Right. It's not hard, but it, there's, there's some complexity that you have to bring to the role, I think, these days.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. So that, that level of uh, effort and research and building that narrative, um, you know, I, I, we often talk, or I've been with a number of other guests that talk about, right. That insight led type selling, you know, and, and, and putting, uh, putting the conversation more in the customer's words, putting it on them versus on you. And, that's hard to do if you're not spending that time to build that narrative and kind of getting into their their head as, as far as a business and how they operate and you know, what's important to them. So it makes sense.
1: Yeah. It, you can even look at this as through a simple lens, for example, discovery calls, right? So you know, for example, in tech sales, especially there's, you know, hey, we're going to have a discovery call. The average rep goes, hey, I've got my 10 questions I'm going to ask. And really, I'm just trying to lead the customer to say that they've got a problem that I know how to solve. Versus you look at top salespeople walk in and go, hey, I've done this research. I know this might be a problem for you. Hey, here's a couple other of our clients that we work with that they have these problems and challenges. Is that happening for you as well? You know, if you could solve these, where would that take the business? You know, let's look 12, 18, 24 months down the line. Mm-hmm. That's a real discovery call, right? right. <laughs> and, and that's, I think, what top salespeople are doing.
0: I love the uh, the example you just used there. You know, Here's what we're seeing from other customers. Because it's one thing to say, hey, here's what we think, right? Yeah. And, you know, everybody knows you're selling something, but, you know, here's what we're seeing from other customers. Here's some of the experiences they've had, the challenges that they've had, you know, kind of the, the ways they're working around it. You know, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah. You know, is this similar to what, what you're facing in your industry? I'm curious. So from a research perspective, any tips, suggestions to, you know, because it is a balance, right? You don't want to yeah. spend too much time researching because it can be, I, it can be a rat hole at times for a rep that really takes them away from having to do the hard part, which is pick up the phone and start the process. Any suggestions on how to do really quality research with some speed?
1: It's a great question. I think part of it stems from looking at, I, I kind of look at it as an inverse relationship. Put the, the, the earlier in the, the funnel you are, the less research you should be doing. But you should be doing some. So right. to your point, I, I definitely seen the sales rep go. Well, I've got to research for twenty minutes before I pick up the phone. BS, right? Yeah. You know that that's not true. What I, what I think, like very simply, is actually doing some research upfront. And what I mean by that is go, who are my target? Who is my target market? You might have that from your organization. You might not. Go like who am I really trying to sell? Who do who can we really serve? Right. There's a saying that I learned from one of my managers. If you try to be everything to everybody, you're nothing to no one. Yeah. Right. So you can actually get yourself in the ballpark pretty fast with some of that, you know, that kind of early research. And then I think it's as simple as even just doing a quick LinkedIn search for somebody. I know I'm going to call this person. Is there a, I'm going to zoom through their profile, a couple points of connection, you know, um, is there something I can say that I. Right away, go, hey, I understand your background, your company, something like that. And I think you want to, at most, spend a minute or two before calling. Now, if you can get that meeting, that's when you kind of maybe start doing a little bit more of that investment in time.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I recorded a single episode around the idea that reps were wasting too much time researching. You know, trying to be a little bit provocative, you know, sometimes sure, sure. you got to do that. <laughs> but my point was, look, if you're trying to get a meeting and you're spending 20 minutes researching, um, it's too much. You need five minutes because at the end of the day, what you're looking for is you're looking for how are you going to connect? How are you going to have some information that will resonate with that person to really engage and get that hook and get the conversation going? And right. then listen, ask questions, be genuinely curious. Do, you know, your professional sales thing that you do. You know, and then once you have the opportunity, the research changes. Absolutely. But, you know, for that initial prospecting effort, you know, you don't need to over-rotate on it.
1: That's exactly right. And it's not worth a huge investment in time because, hey, you might not get a hold of them. And then you just wasted 20 minutes yeah. and never <laughs> even talked to them. But yeah, doing enough to at least... I always look at sales as getting to the next step, right? You know, like whether it's top of funnel and you're like, hey, I'm just trying to get the... Discovery call. Discovery call, I'm trying to get a sales call. The goal is to simply move people forward. So you have to ask yourself, what do I need to know to move the customer forward at this point? Mm-hmm. And, and in a prospecting call, it's not that much. Right. Right. Now, if you're like, hey, I'm going into a closing meeting. Yeah, you should, you should walk in there with a pretty solid amount of research. But they've also earned that time use for you
0: you touched on linkedin you know one of the things that i've liked i like to do you know once we maybe have that that opportunity going is you know make sure i'm following the company make sure i'm following the ceo follow some of the executives and then you know if they've got a blog follow it and then if i do have a meeting coming up it's always good to quickly go back and say all right, have they posted anything and then i just love working that into the conversations like hey i saw that you know you guys are working on this how does that impact what you're doing or how does that impact your project yeah. or how does that trickle down to you and yeah. Usually, you know they know because it, that stuff all comes top down within the organization.
1: The quick, and I do this too, and, and not even for sales calls, like any meeting I have pretty much, I'll always go look at the person's LinkedIn profile real quick and then see what if they've posted or, or commented because yeah, it lets you kind of get into their mind stream before you ever talk to them, mm-hmm. right Oh, this get, person just posted that they were on vacation, right or they just were involved in a uh, event in their area, great. Yeah, how do I work that in? And, and and it's if you want to ask what top performers do, they they do that, mm-hmm. right? They they take those extra couple of minutes. I'm and actually surprised more don't. I'm surprised more don't. But eh, anyways, it's it doesn't take a lot of effort to to not be mediocre, but that's why most people are <laughs> mediocre, <laughs> right?
0: I think that's a good quote there. I hope you are enjoying this episode. I wanted to break in with a quick commercial. During the podcast, we sometimes talk about how to invest those hard earned commission dollars so that you can build that freedom we are all working towards achieving. Now, I built that through 20 years of real estate investing. Now, recently, my team helped me put together a webinar on how top sales pros can create passive income and achieve financial freedom with hands-off real estate investing. Now, I'm still doing this. And as I continue to invest, I'm giving opportunity for others to learn and invest alongside of me. So if you want to learn more, go check out our webinar at hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. That is hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. We will also put the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. So you have your book, uh, Networking in the 21st Century and, and Networking in the 21st Century on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. How has uh, networking today uh, for a sales
1: professional, how, how has it changed? You know, I, I get asked that question a lot, especially after the pandemic in the last couple of years. I think it's both changed a lot and not at all. So that's, that's, that's my way of having it You know, both ways. Where I think it, it hasn't changed is if you really look at top salespeople in, in any organization, they are the ones with good networks. And it's not a network that they've built up because they're like, hey, I want to get something from somebody. It's be, because they see the value of relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's kind of, if you look at the core of kind of my philosophy in the books I write, it's like networking is relationship driven, not transactional. If you think networking is going to a conference and just passing out a bunch of business cards and then hitting people up, you're going to struggle. And, and that's what a lot of people think networking is versus networking as I'm going to build relationships with somebody. I'm going to try to find ways to give to my connections first. I'm going you know, I, and then if, you know, they can help me, I'm going to ask for that help. Again, you look at any top salesperson, they're the ones that can say, Oh, Hey, you need help in, this completely different area, I got, I got something I can recommend to you. I got, I can help make that connection. And I think that's the same today. Mm -hmm. I think what has changed is our ability to use digital communication to create those relationships. And, you know, during the pandemic, we kind of had to, but I, I do see that sales people who are really kind of, who get this relationship driven aspect of it are using tools like zoom like LinkedIn, like texting, not as a way to replace the in-person piece, but to augment it. Right. 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 To, to kind of stay in touch with people. Even, you know, Zoom calls, for example, I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who's a big networker and he's a, a, an older gentleman. He's like, oh, you know, I still like the, the in-person cup of coffee. And I'm like, I agree. That is going to be better than a Zoom call, but it's going to take three hours. versus 30 minutes like to get ready to travel all that stuff like it's a lot easier to get people's time and attention for 30 minutes right you know so i I think i think using technology has changed in a positive way i don't think you want to think that hey i know this guy on linkedin is as good as we've met in person but but if you integrate all these channels together you have a a lot of uh, relationship building opportunities yeah, so I guess on the topic of uh, you know
0: using these channels and integrating these channels. So in your book, you you had a quote something along the lines of um, it doesn't help to have the tools if you don't have a plan. Can you expand a little bit on that? What do you mean by
1: that? That that's a very wise, wise saying. I'm glad I wrote that down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you read books you've written because. Uh, you, authors, here's a, here's a little secret. Authors rarely go back and read their books. after. But sometimes when people say so, like, Oh, that's actually pretty good. You know what I mean by that is I I think when you look at any kind of behavior activity, there's, there's three steps, there's mindset, skill set, and tool set. And you have to have all three to be successful. And what we've done, I think over the last 20 years, maybe a little longer is we're now a tool set focused or tool set forward Culture or at least in sales, right? It's you know what what CRM do you have? What market intelligence, you know, what does your tech stack look like? All of that's great. Mm -hmm. And I love tools. But if you don't know what you're trying to do with those tools, if you don't have the skills to use them, and if you don't have the mindset about how this works contextually, it doesn't matter. You can you could give me, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of home building tools. If I don't have a, a blueprint. I can't build a house, right? If I don't, if I don't know how to use those, those tools, I can't build a house. And I really think that the tools are just so accessible to us, which is great. And you, we were been talking about LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn is such a powerful tool. And what did you, but what did you see at the beginning of the pandemic, especially the pitch slap, right? Where salespeople are like, "Oh, I'll just use just like cold e- email outreach, and I'll just message everybody and try to get a meeting." And it's really kind of made the the LinkedIn community hate it right and so I, that's kind of what I mean is whatever the tool is that you're trying to use, make sure you've got a plan to 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 actually achieve a goal with it and by the way, and if you don't have a a goal to achieve with it, don't use the tool right mm-hmm. you don't have to do you can be very successful not being on LinkedIn or not using zoom whatever but so what, sure would ex-
0: what, what would be an example? What would oh, sorry, sorry, to interrupt you. What would be an example then as a sales rep? So you're thinking about all right, what's my what's my goal for LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. Can you give some examples of kind of good goals.
1: Yeah. So the first one of the concepts I talk a lot about in hyperconnected selling is the sales sherpa path, and being a sales sherpa in my mind is positioning yourself as a trusted resource as an expert before the buyer needs to buy from you, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of research that shows a lot of this, the buying process is now happening before we engage with a salesperson. Information is at the ready, right? We can do a lot of information gathering with a Google search. So this mm-hmm. idea in sales, right? I think is an old one and it's incorrect is that we can just pick up the phone, still valuable, but the idea of picking up the phone and trying to find a primed and ready prospect is, is highly unlikely, right? right? Versus going, I want to make sure that I'm starting a relationship, I'm maybe delivering value, deliver, building some trust, so that when they go, hey, uh, when they're sitting in a, a, a meeting with three of their colleagues on Zoom right, and going, hey, we need to solve this problem, Hey, I, I, you know what? Chris, is, Chris knows this stuff. Let's, I'm going to call him. He's the person that I want to talk to. That's not always going to get you the sale, but it's going to get you in the consideration set, right a lot earlier. And it's also going to help you even influence the buyer's decision making process, right? right? Hey, have you thought of this? Hey, this is something again, that some of our other customers have dealt with, et cetera, et cetera. So to go back to your question about LinkedIn, what an amazing channel we have to put ourselves out there as that resource where our prospects and clients can find out about us, stay in, we can stay top of mind. So that when they're ready to move forward, we can. So some of the super basics, which sales reps still haven't done after 20 years, is your profile not only updated, but is it customer focused, mm-hmm. right? If I go to your profile and your sales rep and you tell me how good you are at hitting quota, hitting presence club, you've lost, right? Because your, your prospects don't care. And in fact, what they do is go, oh, you, you hit 150% of quota. Who did you screw over to do that? Right, <laughs> right. Versus going, hey, here's the customers that I serve. Here's how we serve them. If you have this problem, we should probably be talking. Here's my little area of expertise. I call it being a micro-influencer. Mm-hmm. So, so, so do that because guess what? People are looking, right? And then I think a big thing is, yes, sharing content, especially from your organization or that you're creating. But one of the easiest things to do, if if you're listening to this and you want a very simple takeaway on LinkedIn every day, go to LinkedIn, spend 10 minutes and do three to five comments on the content from your network, from your prospects, mm-hmm. from your clients, uh, you know, existing, you know, clients and customers, from thought leaders, just peers and colleagues. Those are conversations, right? Mm-hmm. You said at the beginning, salespeople like to be in sales meetings. We like to have, be talking. Dude, there's a place to have... Conversations every day, yeah, and those will have a big impact if you keep doing that consistently.
0: Wow, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> good stuff, by the way. I really appreciate it. So, I, you know, I've I've heard over the years from uh, sales reps. Well, I'm not. You know, if we're selling technology stuff, maybe they have an engineer that they work with, and so they sure. they don't really feel that they truly are the thought leader around what it is that they're selling. I mean, they have enough knowledge to dig in, probe, yeah. kind of tell a story, but, um, you know, they're not out there writing blogs on security stuff as it relates to, to technology. Yeah. But how, so how can that person still put themselves out there, you know, without constantly just promoting their company's content?
1: Yeah. Which nobody wants to read, right? right. Uh, Newsflash, nobody cares about your company's latest product release. Um, here's how you do it. And and I want to use a word that you just shared there, which is I think the incorrect Assumption people have, they think I'm not a thought leader. They're not, (laughs) but you don't have to be. The goal is actually not to be a thought leader. The goal is to actually be uh, the provider of insight. And what I think really insights are is taking a piece of information and providing a lens to help the the reader in this case, understand that piece of information, Mm -hmm. right? An example I use a lot is real estate, because most of us have familiarity with this. You know, people thought that when the internet came around, real estate agents would go away. Right. There's now more real estate agents licensed in the the US than ever, right? Now, the reason why is because, yeah, I can go online and get all the information about properties I want, but a real estate agent is the... The conduit to tell me, oh, when that listing says cozy and near transportation, it's tiny and next to the highway, <laughs> right? But and so the the real estate agent in this situation is providing insights into their buyers and sellers mm-hmm. in the same way. Yeah, if you're if you're a tech salesperson, you're not going to be like, hey, I understand the the ins and outs and the intricacies of this. I'm not writing the blogs and the tech specs. But I can tell you how this is impacting our customers. I can quote unquote interpret or translate it. I can give you my perspective and impression, and that's what it is, right? It's mm-hmm. it's going. Hey, we we just came out with this new widget, right? Here's what here's why this is going to be really impactful for our customers. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. That right? Does that does that distinction make sense? It
0: totally does. You know, and I, I it kind of goes back. I think there's uh, some component of it to where. Nothing has really changed. And, you know, in the old days of networking, you know, the great networkers, they're brokers, the brokers of information, brokers of people, you know, we sometimes use the term connectors. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to be the author. You can, there's great content that you can say, hey, specifically to a, uh, a person thought this might be relevant or to an audience thought this that, might be relevant. Here's what I think about it. Yep. Th-
1: that, that, well, and that last thing you just said is exactly right. Here's what I think about it. Or here's how I'm viewing this, right? Or here, you'll see this even on LinkedIn, people who just share an article. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. You know, I guess maybe it is seen by some people. But if you, hey, here's an article from an industry magazine, here's what I found interesting in it. Or here's this one sentence I want to pull out and highlight because I think it's really impactful for you. Or hey, if you're in this, you know, industry and you're a buyer, this is something you should pay attention to, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, to your point, that, they're not coming up with anything new. They're just saying, hey, everybody, pay attention to it. And most salespeople, I used the word micro-influencer earlier, most salespeople don't need to be a thought leader for the industry. You maybe have 250 people, if you really mm-hmm. think about what that network of people that you want to influence who are potential buyers are. Yeah, and there's people around that, the, the people that are influencing them. But it's it it's not about... Hey, I've got to sit here and think of this really clever content. No, it's just, to your point, being the connector of people and information. Yeah. And your other point about the um, you know comment
0: every day, two to three times on somebody's posts. I mean, this is uh, some of the most basic stuff that's really so easy to do. You know, if you have a territory, maybe you have a, an account base. Mm-hmm. Why are you not? You don't have, maybe you're not connected to them, but you should be following every single key player. In those accounts. And then if, uh, if they post something and you, you see it only has like two likes and no comments, man, be all over that, you know, make that comment and, you know, yeah. they'll see it, you know, cause they put it out there and they're looking, they're going back to say, Hey, what <laughs> kind of traction did I get with my post?
1: We all do it. We all yeah. do those, Right. Yeah. And, and likes are great, but comments we see, right? right. We've all seen it. There's 10 likes, but there's two comments. Guess, you know, as somebody who posts a lot on LinkedIn, trust me, I don't really know everybody who, who likes, but I pay attention to every comment. Sure. And by the way, following is great. You want to actually connect with somebody. Here's a real simple way of doing it. And, th- and this does require, of course, that they do post content. Not everybody does. I get that. Right. But for the ones that do comment once the next time comment again, or even, you know, maybe the next week, you don't want to like stalk them, but comment a couple of times and then just reach out with an invite and say, Hey, You know, like what you're sharing. I'm in the industry as well, or whatever you want to say. Would love to connect. Mm, Great. Most people in that situation, because they recognize your name, because they saw you commenting, will accept it. Mm -hmm. And then the big thing is, the next message can't be, "Do you want to set up a meeting?" (laughs) Right. The next message can be simply, "Hey, thanks so much for connecting. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Mm -hmm. Loved. Looking forward to future engagement. Then, you know, let's. It could be a week later, a month later. If there's a an opportunity, they send a signal out that hey, maybe there's something you can help with. Then you send the message, hey, saw that that recent post. By the way, we work with customers like that. Is it worth, you know, grabbing a twenty minute call to, mm. to share, right? That idea of like, hey, I'm going to hard sell you by the first the first message from me is going to have my Calendly link. Yeah. it doesn't work,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, it's um, you know, I feel you know, I think back as a rep, and I, I sometimes feel bad for reps because you know, there's so much pressure around the quarterly number, mm-hmm. but yet as a rep, you have to have a little bit of a thick skin and kind of a hard shell to understand that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go do that and you know, get my manager what he needs. But at the same time, you have to be doing this little bit of planting the seeds, nurturing these contacts, because by the way, it might not even be for the job that you have right now. It may <laughs> be something that pays off at the next job. You just don't
1: know. Well, that's the struggle that people have with networking in general, is it's not a direct payoff. It's right. not, I mean, that's what, kind of why we liked the phone. You know, I remember again as a very young sales rep, the nice thing was like I knew if I made X number of phone calls, I was gonna get Y number of appointments. It would always kind of work out that way. Networking is very much you kind of feed the fire, you feed the fire, and you never know when you're gonna get the the heat and warmth back. What yeah. you do. And, and one thing I say a lot is that LinkedIn, for example, when you first start is not about hitting your quor- quarter that or your number this quarter, it's about hitting your number next quarter and the quarter after that much more easily. Mm. Right. But you have to, yeah, you have to invest a little bit upfront and while you're, you're doing everything to get, get your, your manager, what they need now. But yeah, if you're not investing to your, to what you do for people, if you're not investing, not only the money you have, but also the work you're doing to the future, you're just going to be there in a couple of quarters, working as hard as ever to, to fill, fill your pipeline.
0: Yeah. Well, David, I could talk to you for another hour. So uh, you are always welcome to come back and uh, we can go down a different path, but as sure. we, um, as we uh, look to wrap it up, uh, you know, a big part of what uh, you know, what i like to dig into is uh, you know, how, is there anything that you do to give back, or any charitable thing that you're excited about that uh, you want to share?
1: Yeah, great question. You know, I've uh, always done a lot of my charitable work. Has actually been more of my time and talent because that's something that I've, I've, uh, uh, you know, I think that's what I can provide. And so the stuff that I've been excited with, and and I would suggest even to your to listeners is is find an organization that that you you like and just get involved. Right, uh, so for me, that was actually some of the civic organizations, in my area, some of the Chambers of commerce, especially when I was a younger professional, but not just like signing up but going like, "Hey, how do I get involved in leadership? You know, put me on a committee mm-hmm. right and that's that's something i've I've continued to do and and uh, i I don't think professionals do enough of one because the one reason they should do is just it is a good thing, it feels good, it helps the organization as a whole. There's a nice benefit of relationship building as well, and you know it's hey, it's nice writing a check sometimes, but a lot of times these organizations need help rather than they just need the cash. So yeah, that's that's a a suggestion I would make in what I do.
0: Yeah, that's a great suggestion. I had recently um, joined a rotary club here locally and uh, it's been amazing because there's like 30 different charitable things that they're involved with. So I can kind of say, all right, what interests me? Where can I add value? Where can I use some of my talents to help out? And yeah, I'm still uh, less than a year in but there's just so many opportunities to dig in and, and add value. So they,
1: they do great stuff. Lived lived in Evanston, the, the headquarters of Rotary for years. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Forgot great about that. Work.
0: Well, hey, is there anything else you'd like to share with uh, the sales pros out there?
1: Uh, no, d- just keep at it. You do doing good work. <laughs> you right. know, uh, if there's anything else I can do, feel free to follow up. I'm on this platform called LinkedIn every once in a while.
0: <laughs> so is that and, the best way if somebody wants to reach out to you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, two places to find me, uh, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn.com slash in slash I M D fish I A M D F I S H always happy to connect. Uh, and I do post a lot of content and have a lot of conversations there. Uh, and our online home is David JPfisher.com. And yeah. you know, we do a, a lot of articles and stuff there as well.
0: So. Yeah. You're easy to find. You can just go to Amazon and type in your name and the books will pop up.
1: And there you go. If you want to buy some books, I, I will not stop you and we're right yeah. there on Amazon.
0: Sounds great. Well, David, really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.